Welcome everyone to another episode of Create with Kendra, a place where you can be inspired, challenged, and changed. Today we have a very special guest. She isn't new to the show, but we are so glad to always have her on the show with let's celebrate Miss Danielle Clayton. <laughs> Danielle, my sister, my dear, welcome to the show again. Thank you. I'm, I'm just excited to be back and I'm excited for the discussion. Yes. It's always having, um, we're always having a good time when you're on the show. I was telling um, <laughs> Danielle, y'all, I'm going to let y'all into a little bit of our business. We was on the phone talking about the Lord and um, the conversation was so good. And I was like, Danielle, let's just take this to the show so we can give the listeners a little bit of what we were talking about that was just so rich and so valuable. And so today that is what this show is going to be all about. But before we get started, I like to play a little game called off the dome with all of my special guests. And so Danielle, it's all on you. You ready to play? Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Let's do it. So what is your favorite ice cream? Pralines and cream, hands down. Hands down. No hesitation. <laughs> what is something that you're really bad at? Um, There's a lot. Um, Off the top of dancing. I'm not a good dancer at all. Really? No. I have rhythm, but I cannot dance. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we don't have to see. We're going to check you out a little later on in the <laughs> summer, Danielle. When we get together, we're going to check you out. <laughs> And last question, what is one word to describe how you're feeling in this moment? Ooh, I was trying to think of a fancy word, but I'm just going to go with excited. Excited. I think that's sufficient. Excited. And I'm excited to have you on. So uh, just a little bit about who Danielle is. She is our editor in chief at Unassociated. She is a bad black woman, y'all. She is an amazing writer. She is just one, I think, one of the greatest minds of our generation intellectually and spiritually. And we have her. I don't know about that. I said what I said (laughs) in the words of Nene Leakes. I said what I said. (laughs) That's my opinion. That's my opinion. That's my experience. Like her pieces... You got it. Poetry makes you cry. It's just like, (laughs) and so I just want y'all to experience and have a little taste of Danielle Clayton outside of the writing sphere, right? Because we all read her blogs on the unassociated website, but just to hear her voice and her conversation is an extension of just greatness. So again, we are glad to have you on. So Danielle, um, a few weeks ago, we were talking about grace. What does it mean to give it? What yeah. does it mean to extend it? And how sometimes we forget to do those things. So what is what is your take on being gracious in the church and the body of Christ? Well, I think, right, I think it's, I think sometimes we think about, um, sometimes we're thinking about ourselves and like we know that, we know what our, you know, struggles are, what what are, what our difficulties are, and where we want God to increase us, yeah. and we're very mindful of that. We know what we need to work on, but I think sometimes, as Christians and believers, we forget to translate that to other people. And it's easy to see somebody, 
you know, and see something that they're having difficulty in our flesh, we attack that like, oh, that's so bad. Oh, that's so bad. But then we forget, like, we have our own struggles. And just because they're different and just because we don't struggle in the way that they struggle, it doesn't mean that we are better than them. And the body, the, the Bible talks about how we are all like one body. And like if one part of it, the eye is no more important than the ear. And like all of us are integral parts of the same thing. And I think when we contextualize ourselves as a body, then we don't do the thing of like, oh, that person struggles like that, like, and, and chastise them for that. And instead of seeing like that as like, and then also I think because of that, because we decontextualize them from the body, it's like that person struggling with that when reality, that person's a part of us, right? So their struggle should be our struggle. It shouldn't be, oh, that person is doing that and ugh, and they need to get it together, but rather like that is my brother or sister in Christ and how can I be of aid to them? And I think the part of the problem is that we don't see ourselves as connected. So it's easier to judge each other and not extend grace and forget that we have our own struggles because we don't even see ourselves as connected as we should. You said two, th- <laughs> you said two things. You talked about the body. And then you also about you also talked about sharing each other's struggle. And last week's episode, we talked about bearing each other's burdens. And what does that look like? And that is something that isn't oftentimes, I really feel like that needs to be repeated. Both of those things about bearing each other's burdens and also the fact that we work together as a body. And I want to go to that point of what you just talked about because the body of Christ is just that it's the body of Christ. Not all of the members of the body have the same function yet. They are still very important for the body's health and for the body's operation. And I was watching this sermon by Joyce Myers and she did this silly illustration, but it just made so much sense. Um, she had this beautiful ring cause the girl's in her coin and she has this beautiful ring and every time she gets her nails done, she looks at her ring like this. So she just puts her hand up and she looks at the ring. And she said, well, what if one day my eyeball decides, I don't want to look at your ring. I'm tired of you getting your nails done and I have to be the one to serve and look at your ring. I want a ring. This is the eyeball talking, right? So she takes off her ring and she puts it on her eye. Like this. She just sticks it up there like that. And now the eye has what the eye wants. I know I look stupid, but roll with me. Um, The eye has what the eye wants, but now the eye is not utilizing its calling and cannot give vision to the rest of the body. And so now there is a position of being paralyzed because the member doesn't want to operate in the position and calling that it was called to do. And that's, uh, that, that's, that's us too, right? I don't have the gift of writing like you do. I just don't, I don't, (laughs) but what God has gifted you, Danielle is important for the body of Christ. 
Some people have gifts to sing. Some people have gifts to dance. Some people have gifts to teach, right? And so I think we should praise, you know, praise God for the gifts that he's given us. And that reminds me of two things that my father said. Like one was just like he said, like whenever you use something outside of the function that it was created for is it's going to is going you're going to have destruction because you're trying to use something right in the way that it was not intended to use. And then going off of that um, to go back to the the sharing of like he said, something he always says in Sunday sports, we're supposed to live our lives transparently. And that doesn't mean everybody knows every nook and cranny. But if you're struggling through something. That is the opportunity that you have to share with your brothers and sisters. Not only are you being sharing with your brothers and sisters so that they can pick up the burden for you, but also that is a witness because you have no idea if somebody in where your brother or sister is grappling with the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have shared your testimony, but then also you have been a witness to someone else who's struggling with something and who has the the hope and the witness to continue. Like, okay, like, so this isn't just me or like, this isn't something I'm grappling with. And I think that's another thing Like we missed the opportunity to be a witness to someone. Cause I wrote an editorial about this a little while ago, but just of like, we experience things, right? Like um, let's say we overcome something. Right. And then instead of using what our own experiences to help someone else, when someone else is going through that, Oh, I already, I already overcame that, that or I already did that. And we, and we remove ourselves from that experience that we were just in that we only got through because of the grace of God. And instead of saying, hey, I went through that too, here's how I can help. And in, Or instead of being transparent about what we've endured and about how God got us through throughout it, now we're looking down on this person when literally, we literally just experienced the same thing. And instead of being like, I have you, let me show you, let's pray. Mm. And I'm like, that doesn't, that doesn't help us either. Like when I, so uh, I think almost six years ago, my family had lived in this house, had lived in our family house for about 21 years when the landlord told us he sold it without telling us and was like, you have a month to move out. And it was really, it was really like, it was crazy because we had lived there all that time, complying with running everything. And I just remember every day my dad praying every day because every night we had family devotion. Every night we prayed and I, I never like I was I mean, it was obviously concerning because we were told we had to leave, mm-hmm. but seeing my father prayerful about it, you know, and while we were and while we were going through it, my dad would tell the church, you know, please pray for us. And then God God made it so we had a place to live. Like and so like that is a testimony of like in the in the, the midst of a storm and really being concerned about and also like my father, like we have he has a family of, of six children and a wife and we have to figure out how we're gonna navigate that. And that was a witness. And as we were going through it, we prayed to the church. We were transparent about it so that like, and then now someone else in the church is looking for housing and now we have resources to help them. We have resources to pray and they have a reason to believe that their situation can be altered. And so I think with grace is also, it's grace is compassion, but also like humility of remembering I was just in that spot and me being in that spot and me now not, me no longer being in that spot is not for me to judge but that's for me to help instead of saying, oh, like, how are you in that situation? As if that wasn't us. So I think that's also it of just of ever being of humble and, and being grateful for God for getting us through it, but also extending grace to our brothers and sisters so that we can really be the community that we were intended to be. 
Amen. I love that. I love that because we 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 don't go through stuff that we go through just for fun. We don't go through it just for ourselves. But everything that you experience is always to help somebody else. And something, okay, because y'all know how I feel about my dad. And if you don't know, half of, most of everything I know is just from him. But something he said about the witness specifically is that God always works in a triune manner, meaning in three. And so with the witness, it's no different. Like the witness is first for yourself. The testimony is always first for yourself. Secondly, it's to glorify God. And it's it's thirdly to illuminate and to 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 light the path for someone else. And so it's about how like it's about learning from this experience for myself. Then it's about praising God and 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 proclaiming his sovereignty for allowing me to endure the situation. And then it's about being a witness to somebody else and and lighting the path for others so they can light the path for others and so on and so forth. But it's never to be it's never to hold over somebody's head or to to make you feel validated because the only the only reason that you got through the situation was through God. And so I don't understand like having like quickly forgetting, like there's something it's, if it's not in the Bible, like something people always say is like how quickly you forget that like that was us. And like my mom always talks about, you know, we read about the Israelites and how they were not, they just didn't listen. And they kept enduring trial after trial after trial, choosing to do whatever they wanted. And we look at them and I'm like, yeah, that's us. Like it's the same. Like we don't listen either. And, and, and okay, perfect thing. We were um, having a Sunday school lesson about, um, it was about, uh, ooh, it was about the woman who had given, given her all to, to like, she only had like coins and she gave it, she gave everything she had mm-hmm. so that she could, cause she wanted a miracle. And, and someone we we're talking about giving to others and, 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 you know, Jesus saying like, it is how you treat the least of us that you treat me. And someone asked, like, but how do, like, how do you, like, basically, like, is there a cap on, like, how you give? Because, you know, people come and ask you for money all the time. And how do you know you're not being played or taking advantage of? And my dad was like, well, first of all, even if that person is taking advantage of you, let's just say that they were, that's not for us to regulate. And God is not going to allow you to be taken advantage of. But more importantly, like, the same way that that person is in need and asking, we forget that what they they have we have what they don't they don't have a home it's not like they have an income coming it's not like they have a stream of money to supply them so them coming over and over again is hardly out of of malice it's out of need but more importantly you know they keep coming and they keep coming and they keep asking in the same way that we go to god ask him for forgiveness over and over and over again and my dad said and every time we do that jesus says please extend grace looks at the blood, looks at the blood. And so as often as we go to God and we ask for forgiveness and we ask for prayer and we ask for this and we ask for that, that's the same thing they're doing. And again, like it's forgetting about, it's forgetting that we also are perpetually in need. And God doesn't say, oh, here you go again. Or he never turns away his hand. And yeah. so who are we also but to turn our us, hands though. away? That be us when it comes to like other people unfortunately and it's like my um my bishop said something that has stuck with me for a few years he said for those people that feel like they're too good to serve others that they are too good to associate with people that are struggling with sin those are the people 
that have stopped growing in grace. And as Christians, we should never stop growing in grace until we reach glory. After we leave here, we need to always grow in grace. There is no way that you have capped your Christian capacity. Your flaws, especially because God hasn't, especially because God hasn't capped his. So there's no way. There's no way. We capped ours. There's no way. And there was a scripture that I want to share. Um, it's Matthew chapter seven, verse one through five. And um, this is from the New Living Translation. No, the New King James Version. Yes. And it says, um, judge not that ye not um, judge, that ye not, ye not be judged. For which judgment you judge, you will be judged. And what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you think, or why do you look at a speck in your brother's eyes and do not consider the plank in your own eye? The plank in your own eye. And then verse four says, or how can you say to the to a brother, let me remove the speck out of your eye. And look, it's a plank in your own eye. Then verse five says, hypocrite. Before we, before we have to, go and move and remove someone's sawdust. We have to remove the own, the, the log out of our own eye. We have to. And yeah, you're absolutely right. We have to. And, and that, go ahead. that reminds, no, 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 go ahead. Jesus doesn't prohibit judgment. And that's what I want to say. Like people say, right. don't judge. You can't judge. Only God, Only can, judge God can judge me. But the thing about mm-hmm. it is, it's like God gives us authority to still judge in our human capacity. He does. He does not allow us to think of ourselves as the ultimate judge. And what the scripture talks about is hypocritical judgment. And so that's focusing on the faults of other people while we continue in sin. We can't do that. We can't do it. And folk and, and, and acting as though we don't have any sin. Yeah. Cause it's, it's one thing to keep each other accountable and say, let's cause accountability is not about, Oh, I'm not wrong also, but it's about keeping each other above reproach, but, but acting as though you don't struggle or you have not also struggled. That's the problem of like, Oh, that's, that's your struggle when it should be our struggle. It should not be a point of contention or yeah. dissension, but, of how can I uplift you? And there's two scriptures that I thought of this, like me and my dad have like this one scripture that he'll say to me that kind of like when he's, when he says to me, I'm okay, I need to fix myself. Is Philippians two verses three through four, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each, uh, let each esteem each other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others of like, of also just being sober minded. And like, first of all, Nothing is done through strife and glory. There is nothing productive that's going to come out of out of any emotion that's not bound in the spirit. Jesus. And so I think that's what happens also. It's like we know that in our spirit, but our flesh is like, but that's not right. And that's not right. And that's what we speak out of. And that's what doesn't help. And that's what you're talking about last week of like. Like, because I feel like it's on the one hand, there are certain things that regardless of how anybody says them to you, you're not receiving them. If your spirit is not right, kindly. Crassly, you're not, it's not coming. It doesn't Same. matter. 
it doesn't even matter how I say it. However, with that being said, it's also like, but there are people that are that that want to be receptive. And something that my dad always taught is like knowing your audience, knowing how can I deliver this to this person the best possible way. And if we're in the spirit, if we're reminded of something again, of reminding us what is the relationship? Who is this person? What does this person mean to me? This person is my brother and sister in Christ. This person's salvation is important to me. And so how I say that and how I treat you should be indicative of that relationship, not of, oh, you you are struggling with something that I haven't because, and even looking at that, that should, that should be a reason to rejoice. I can help them with something that I also know is difficult and that I've struggled with, as opposed to, oh, they need me, when we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And that should inform every relationship, every interaction, and it should be easy for us to extend grace, especially because of the relationship, but because of how much grace has been extended, has been extended unto us that we don't deserve, that we are, nothing that we've done has ever merited God to do anything. And if we all not only kept in mind the relationship, but that, we would not have this problem. It wouldn't be so easy, but, but it is. And another scripture, sorry, is... Um, this is one of my favorites because I, I think there's a lot of scriptures where it's like, like it'll fix you, it'll fix you right up. Get you um, it's First John, First um, John verses, um, chapter four, excuse me, verses twenty and twenty one, the King James version. If a man say I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth his brother, who, he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And something my mom has always said is like, if we can't get it right down here. We don't, we're not going anywhere good after this. So there's nothing to look forward to if we can't be in harmony and we can't look after each other wow. and if we can't extend each other grace here. There, there is no, whatever's next is, is nothing as good as coming. Ma'am. And we keep talking about, I want to meet God and want to see God. And then we walk past people and we don't speak to them. We walk past people and we judge them. We walk past people and have no interest in helping them. But the church is a community. We're supposed to be looking after each other. Ma'am, thank you for the reminder. <laughs> Newsflash, people. If we cannot love each other here, if we cannot forgive each other here, if we can't be we gracious to each next. other here on earth, why do you think it's going to be... Why do you think he's letting us in? Why do you think we're He's deserving not to be let in. in? For real. Ain't no, I cannot live this life judging people, condemning people, holding something against somebody. If I was holding something against you, Danielle, or if I looked at you like you was um, two cents away from, from a dollar, like... And, and then you go to church and pray to God, and he's not, and he's not hearing your prayers either. God. Hello, somebody. There was I gotta find the scripture. I'm gonna come back to you on that one where it talks about. Uh, I forgot what it was. It was like, it was like honoring. It was like a scripture about honoring and and obedience, and that you should do this so your so your prayers won't be hindered. I'll I'll find it. I'll find the scripture, but we gotta get it right down here. We have to. And the whole God knows my heart and he knows the situation. Yeah, he knows your heart is wicked. He knows your heart is hard. <laughs> he knows that your heart is 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 in need of a savior. Um, 
And so And to that though, yeah. He knows that, but but and I think this is another thing of like, but you're not supposed to stay there. Like you're supposed to be growing. So he can know all of that. That's fantastic that he knows that, but you cannot stay there. Stay and you there. cannot live in a space of God knows my heart. So I that that's not an excuse. That's that doesn't that doesn't negate the effort and the work that you have to put forth to work. Yes. Like that that's not how that works. And and Honestly, like, you know, and, and, and this is something like I think my grandfather, my father are master classes in me for like how to treat people because it's like, OK, but then like, how do you treat people, you know, that don't that don't treat you right? You know, this is something that 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 Jesus eliminated to us. But I think they were a master class in that because like my grandfather um, and I've heard stories about this all my life. He was a pastor, I think, for over 25 years. And there was a member of the church who would always come in service, disrupt service, call him a liar, totally like just disrupt service. And he would come down and he would say to him, if I have offended you, I am so sorry. Mm -hmm. And it give an earnest apology. And in that moment, extend grace, knowing that even if what you said is not true, you are still my brother in Christ. Yeah. And that relationship is still important above yes. what is happening. And that reminded me of a scripture First Peter chapter three, verses 15 to 16, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, whereas they speak evil of you as, e as of evil doers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. So even if, and something my dad, another way my dad always says it is like, even when people mistreat you in or outside of the body of Christ, you still extend grace and you still act as Jesus would act and you act in a manner that makes people feel foolish about how they've treated you right. foolish about the conduct, knowing that that's not right. And I think, you know, then we get kind of like ragged down in, in results, like what well, they're not changing. And, and that's not, that's not my business. That's got nothing to do with yeah. me, but my responsibility is to extend grace. And we never know how people are being affected. We don't know how people are being pricked. It doesn't have to be in that moment. It doesn't have to be, Yesterday doesn't have to be tomorrow, and God gets the increase. But Ooh, girl. I've, I've truly, truly learned how to extend grace and, and love. And even if I don't don't know what's what someone's going through, I also know that hurt people hurt people. So whoever I'm dealing with is struggling with something, and what I what I don't need to add to the situation is more vitriol and more and more and more um, anything that's really not of God. So yeah. I think another thing in that way of like. I can only be accountable in that way for myself. I know what my instructions are. I know what my responsibility is. And all I can do is follow the instructions. Amen. Everything else after that, it's got nothing to do with me. And I, there's nothing I can do about it. I love that. And there's nothing I, I can, that. I can't concern myself yeah. with it. I love that. And I wish we had more time. But as we come to a close, that is just so valuable that we don't have to take it personal, Danielle is what I grabbed from what you were saying, that we have to be about God's business, whether if they plan us or not, whether they're right or not, we have to be about God's business because like you said, he works in triune. He works one for our testimony, for him to get glory, right? And for somebody else um, to be blessed by what it is that we go through. Um, so- And really quickly, yes, I just- Yes. Really quickly, I was just gonna say also like, it's and I think even when it is personal, what it is for you, it's not even for you. And something I realized is that people are not when you're when you're abiding in the spirit. I cannot speak for the flesh. When you're abiding in the spirit, 
people are not attacking you, even as personal as it feels. They're attacking God and the spirit in you. So it's not even, it's a fight, but it's a fight between them and God. And they're wrestling with him. And the, the aspect and the portion of you that wants to live right and do as he I says. And so I think, again, recognizing it's not me. It's, it's not a personal battle between me and them. It's between them and God. And again, knowing that, it's, it's, it's that much easier. Or rather, I pray that it be to extend grace and to recognize this person is, is, is struggling with something. Yeah. And this light may help them, even yeah. if it's not in this moment, even if they don't seem excited about it when you're saying it to them, you, you, we still have an opportunity and, and a responsibility. And that doesn't change regardless. That doesn't change based on the person. Like, oh, this person gets some different. Everybody should be getting the same light. Regardless of how, regardless of what we get, the output should be the same every time. Yeah. Ooh. Well, thank you so much for that reminder. That just that did something for me in this moment. Like that just definitely reminded me that it's not it's not me. It's really a spiritual battle, and then I just so happen to be <laughs> the person that's being used by God in the and, vessel. And taken and, yeah. Amen. Essentially, the vessel. So I, I pray that this message was an inspiration, not just an inspiration to people, but that this was a challenge and charge to extend grace and to be kind and, and do it according to the power that the Holy Spirit has given us to do so. And that being said, I want to just pray out and pray over you, Danielle, and for those that are listening to this, that we are able to live the word, not just come to create with Kendra and listen to a cool little podcast and then get on about our business, but actually be impacted with the transformative power of the Holy spirit. Um, so father God, we thank you. We praise you. We give you glory in all things. God, we thank you for this opportunity to talk about grace. God, we thank you for being the ultimate giver of grace. When we didn't deserve, when we didn't work for, when we didn't earn it, God, you continuously give it and you cover us in grace. And God, we are forever and eternally grateful and thankful for that. God, you're a perfect example of what grace is. God, I pray that you help us extend that to other people. Remind us that we are not as lofty as we may think, that we are not so far removed from sin in this humanity, but God, that we are sinners saved by grace through faith. God, I pray that this um, episode transforms someone spiritually that they must that they come eagerly running to you asking what must i do what must i do to be saved and how can i extend grace to other people god i pray that you put things into perspective for us god be glorified in all things and our testimony and um in the effects that happen from us living according to your word god i pray that you be praised and magnified and glorified in all things in jesus name we pray Amen. Whew, Amen. That was good. We got to have you back, girl. We have to have you back. <laughs> this conversation is not done. It is not done. <laughs> but we're going to press pause on it for now. So thank you again, Danielle, so much for joining us this week. Um, is there one word of hope that you have in 30 seconds for the folks? Ooh, my dad said, I'm going to try to get this. 
my dad sends me a daily word and lately he's been sending words about home improvement and about allowing God to mold us and shape us after his will. And I, I think, you know, we we go through experiences and it's like, oh, that was a bad experience or or we we feel negatively about something that we have endured. And I, I really want to to press on the fact that every experience is, that every experience that we have is for our pruning, it's for our shaping. Amen. There are experiences that I had that were some of the hardest in my life, and they were also the most pivotal in my relationship with God and illuminating to me who he was and that there were plans for me. And I think, you know, we talk about that a lot, people feeling like, I don't think really God has anything planned for me, but everybody that has breath in their body has a purpose, and it doesn't always get revealed instantly, and we don't always know all that it is. But I think I, I would just encourage us, to see God. Like there's a, there's a hymn that I love and it's called, is you're all on the altar. And the hymn says, is you're all on the altar of sacrifices laid? Your heart does the spirit control. You can only be blessed and have peace and sweet rest as you yield him your body and soul. And I think we give some to God, we give parts of him. And then we ask why we don't have results or why things are not happening. But it is about relinquishing control, realizing that there is a greater plan for us and who better to entrust control to than the person who knows what those plans are because we don't know who better than god and so i yeah and so i just really want to challenge us and charge us to to truly to truly relinquish ourselves to god that he might mold us and make us for what he has created us to be oh that's powerful that's powerful (laughs) now y'all heard the charge you heard the challenge so let us um be about our father's business all right y'all until next time beautiful people be blessed